electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people make friends. I'm just trying to make a little money. My job, not just to entertain, but to explain how days like today can happen. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. At first glance, this morning's labor report looked downright apocalyptic. The house of pain. At least for the stock market. Kind of like a plague of locusts or maybe a rain of frogs. Remember, the Fed's not going to stop smacking us in the face with rate hikes until the economy slows down. Yet we're seeing above average job growth in all sorts of areas. Ooh. It's like there's no slowdown whatsoever. You can hear the collective shudder up the spines of traders who figured, hmm, the Fed can't stop this inflationary juggernaut. So here comes the October crash. But once you pull these numbers apart, it's clear that while the economy is creating a heck of a lot of jobs, there's a lot less wage pressure, which is what we really care about, than we'd ever expect in the midst of all this hiring. And hey, if the Fed can stamp out wage inflation without actually destroying too many jobs, well, guess what? That would be ideal. We just didn't think it was even possible. Certainly the bears didn't think it was possible. Next thing you know, the averages, which plummeted at the opening on really down hard, uh, started soaring thanks to a simple realization. These numbers could make it so that we have a soft landing. And that's how the Dow finished up 288 points, while the S&P gained 1.18%, and the Nasdaq pole vaulted 1.6%. It looks like we're going to have nice job growth with less wage inflation. Hey, throw in the sudden plunge in the price of oil that will lead to lower gasoline prices in the next few weeks, and it leaves the Fed plenty of breathing room to let things play out. How do the engineers slow down with more than 336,000 people who just got hired last month, double what the analysts were expecting? Now, some would argue that we're finally seeing the upside from increased immigration. Lots of people are happy to work for decent wages. It's just what we heard from John Gibson, the CEO of Paychex, the nation's largest payroll processor for small and medium-sized businesses when he came on the show. He said there's good job growth, but not much wage growth. Exactly what the Fed wants to see in here. Today's leaders, well, it wasn't it preordained the mega caps, the companies that don't need to borrow because rates still went higher on the news. The losers, the companies that might not sell enough food because of a new class of anti-craving medications. It's quite a sight to see how money's just flowing around all over the place. Food and beverage stocks out, rest of the market in. But actually a bullish sign. Can this continue? It's hard to tell where the money will end up, given the fact that it is flying so fast. For example, on Monday, we're going to come in, and you know what? We may see that Kramer fave Pioneer Natural Resources could get a bid from Exxon, maybe for north of $250 a share. I sure hope so, because we own Pioneer big for the Chapel Trust. Either way, though, we should see a wave of money going back into oil now that it's fallen for 12, 12 straight dollars. We'll talk about Pioneer and other potential takeover targets when we convene our monthly investment club meeting at noon on Wednesday. I think the Pioneer deal will happen. 
if only because we didn't get a denial today. Uh, Jeff Marks, my partner for the Chapel Trust and the Investing Club, thinks that there could be a number close to $260. Now, on Tuesday, earn- that's our price target. On Tuesday, uh, earnings, well, we're in the belly of the beast with PepsiCo. It's being held up as a company that sells unhealthy things and likely won't have enough volume if these new weight loss drugs rack up robust sales. Novo Nordisk Wegovi and Eli Lilly's Monjaro can reduce your cravings for snacks. PepsiCo owns Frito-Lay and its old tagline, I bet you can't eat just one, will be sorely tested by these anti-obesity drugs. This team has been roiling the markets and taking out anything food-related. Maybe it runs its course soon. I mean, how low can they take these things? Still, we need to see how PepsiCo reacts to its earnings. Given that near term, I expect the earnings to be pretty darn good. However, even as the stocks come down from 196 to 160, and boy, was it even lower at one point today, it still sells for 21 times earnings. That's not exactly cheap, especially when the yield is only 3.2%, and it looks paltry versus what you can get for the bond market. And if we don't get the robust growth, it will go lower. Now, talk about a company that could go higher, Adobe has an analyst meeting on Tuesday. Even though the stock rallied more than 10 bucks today, uh-uh. It's still more than 40 bucks down from its high, despite the fact that Adobe tells a very good story about e-commerce and generative AI. If you haven't gotten aboard already, it's mighty tempting here. This Firefly that they have, the AI product, unmatched by anyone. Wednesday, Wednesday we begin the sound check of inflation with the producer price index. I think this and the next day's consumer price index is going to be incredibly important. Perhaps that'll be enough to keep the rally rolling. Consider Wednesday the calm before the storm, because Thursday we get a slew of earnings reports, starting with Delta, Walgreens, Walgreens Boots Alliance, and Domino's Pizza. Delta's pretty much pre-announced to the downside a bunch of times already. They speak an awful lot. It's a beaten down but, uh, stock, but otherwise, other than lower fuel prices, you know, I can't, I can't find something to hang my hat on for buy recommendations. Domino's Pizza has teamed up with Uber Eats for some additional visibility. The, the orders were placed by, uh, on Uber Eats, but they're still going to be delivered by Domino's people. I think it's going to help earnings. Maybe I'm just premature, but I think it'll matter. You know what, though? I don't know if anything can boost the earnings of Walgreens Boots Alliance. Now, here's a very troubled healthcare company with a drugstore division kind of overwhelms the whole thing. And to me, it seems in total disarray. And the drugstores are the main business. Yesterday, I got a letter informing me that my beautiful two-story Walgreens was closing. No explanation, but it comes not that long after another nearby drugstore, a Dwayne Reed, also owned by Walgreens, closed up. We did our show from the first one when it opened. We interviewed the CEO from there. I asked the manager why they put up two stores separated by one block. He told me it's because there was so much business. Oh, really? I think these guys have no idea what they're doing. These two stores were understaffed versus all the locks that need to be opened to buy anything of value. They were a travesty in the end. So so's the stock. I'm still waiting for the clerk to unlock that Gillette razor cage. So, no, I will not visit us at your new pharmacy anytime soon. On Thursday, we also have Hormel's analyst meeting. Now, this won't be interesting because the people who take these new Agovi and Manjaro weight loss drugs have a chronic need for protein, and Hormel's lineup has a lot of it. That said, it's still a food company. Will anyone even go underneath and see what it has? Friday's Finance Day, yes, and we start off with Wells Fargo, Chapel Trust, Staple, as well as J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and BlackRock. I got the whole thing under wraps here. Ready? I think Wells Fargo will be good, but people will yawn. J.P. Morgan will be excellent with great prognosis. People will buy. City will just be okay, and people will sell. And BlackRock will be fine, and when the dust settles, will be a buy. Cheap stock. Now, you know what we like? We always talk about this fellow, Larry Williams, right? He's the legendary market t- historian and technician. 
Well, we went back and forth today. He said he's, he'd get quite excited originally. Remember this? Once the uh, market hit October. Well, we checked in with him today to gauge his enthusiasm after the first really solid day in ages. And he said things are shaping up in excellent fashion. And hold on. Bottom line, I think that growth with low inflation can certainly fulfill Larry's bullish prognostication. If the Fed doesn't need to destroy the economy in order to save it, then we got a much more positive backdrop than any of us thought coming in this very morning. Let's go to Rick in Illinois. Rick. Jim, how are you today? I am doing well, Rick. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm about to do even better because I'm going to go open a bottle of uh, Fosforo that I saw you at Binnie's in Highland Park and picked Uh. it up there. How much fun was Benny's? And thank you for that. And I hope you enjoy the fuss for I'm going to tell my wife we're doing a, we're doing a bottle signing tomorrow in Middletown, New oh. Jersey. It's one of my haunts. I don't know. I, thank you for saying that. You had a good time, obviously. I obviously had a good time. Oh, Jim, thank you, Rick. I have a problem with a stock. The stock that has uh, billions of dollars in sales, right. the, the company makes a product that's part of a duopoly, Right. And they can't get off the ground. It's Boeing. Yeah. What you know I what? I go back and forth with my writing colleague, Matt, uh, Matt Horwin, on Boeing, and we think that it's just, it, it just has to work out at these levels, $187. Rick, I'm a believer in Fosforo, and I'm a believer at these levels in Boeing. And I thank you for being at Binney's, and maybe if you were in New Jersey, I'd buy one in Middleton. That's a, that's a shop right, by the way. Shop right. All right, but I do like Boeing down here at 187. Let's go to Brian in Texas. Brian. Hey, Jim. Hey, I'm calling today about uh, one of our longtime favorites, Thermo Fisher. I know you know a lot about this company. Yes, Mark Casper. I'm, I'm concerned about the news recently with regards to its partnering up with Novor Nordisk on uh, helping produce Wagovi. That sounds like good news to me, and yet the stock has tended to be trailing down ever since that news came out a few weeks ago. Well, I What's think that, that actually that, that it's going down. They're all going down because of worries about inventory. Now, I think I think you have to buy it, okay? I think this group is oversold. I think Thermo Fisher is one of the best companies in the world, as is Danaher. I am with you. Call me a buyer of Thermo Fisher. Bye, bye, bye. How about John in Florida? John. Hey, Jim. Uh, I'm calling about a company that's going to be mining the Thatcher Pass, um, Lithium Americas Corporation. Uh, too risky here. Too risky. We're not going to allow that. We have been great. I mean, what worked today? The companies that we have been saying that are going to make money and make things. That's what's going to stay in bull market mode as we go over through the next few weeks and even months. If the Fed doesn't need to destroy the economy in order to save it, then we've got a much more positive backdrop than most of us thought. Oh, man, money today. we got a big breakup earlier in the week in the form of W.K. Kellum and Telenova. So what do we need to know about this deal? I'm taking a bite of the story and giving you my take. Then, in a volatile market, it's always good to analyze what you own and see if your portfolio can handle whatever the market throws at it. So that's why we're going to play M.I. Diversify. See how your portfolios create markets shake out. And it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so I'm checking in with a diagnostics company that is using AI to help detect breast cancer, among other kinds of cancers that might go undiagnosed. Don't miss my exclusive with a company that you called about called Radnet. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. 
Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Everything in this business comes down to timing. Take the seemingly positive press release yesterday from Mondelez. Quote, you can have your cake and eat it too. The brand new Junior's Oreo cheesecakes have launched in supermarkets worldwide, end quote. Hey, Oreo cheesecake sounds good, but the timing couldn't be worse. Mondelez really failed to read the room when they released this new cookie, allowing you to indulge in, quote, a combination of two iconic sweets, end quote. All it did was make the stock a target for the heat-seeking missiles and at anything that can be defeated by these new GLP-1 weight loss drugs. Neither Oreos nor cheesecake have any appeal to someone who injects himself with Wagovi or Manjaro every week. Now, I don't mean to pick on Mondelez, but it, I mean, it's a great company, but it does have a huge number of terrific-tasting snack food brands that are rendered meaningless by anyone who takes these new drugs. These meds basically remove your craving for sweets. When you're taking these things, what you really do need is protein, more protein, because this class of drugs spares nothing. You'll lose 18% of your body mass, but that includes a lot of muscle, which needs to be rebuilt by having some protein. The power of these drugs is finally joining on Wall Street. Not only have the sellers gotten to Mondelez and Coca-Cola and the PepsiCo, they're now attacking Costco and Walmart as places that sell these things and may get less of your dollar. I'm not so sure about selling these stocks, though. The people who no longer buy Oreo cheesecakes may use that money to buy something else. Once everyone recognized that the world's not going to end for Costco or Walmart because a couple of aisles that are, by the way, very low margin, switch from junk food to protein or even soft goods, I bet the buyers will come back. I think the stores could actually end up doing better. But there are some real issues here. Not that long ago, Smucker announced that it's buying Hostess for more than $5 billion. Hostess makes the best junk food in the world. I can't think of anything these drugs target more than Twinkies, the ultimate impulse purchase. Smucker actually got in a bidding war with General Mills over Hostess. But if they had to do it over again, I don't know. I think they'd probably pay less for this one. Anyone who takes these weight loss drugs has no impulse to buy this kind of food. It's just not attractive to them. Now, you still have to eat. People will still go to McDonald's, for certain, because it's a bargain. But ordering a double cheeseburger? Are you kidding? You can barely finish a single patty on these drugs. You just don't need as, or want as much food. And once you're filled up, they make it feel disgusting to eat more than when you're filled. It just, it just doesn't want to fit in your body. Or to put it simply, it's about body. Anything where there'll be less volume 
eating or drinking is a candidate to have its estimates shaved. And remember, these drugs reduce craving for alcohol, too. Given that these food and beverage stocks tend to sell at high price earnings multiples for the consistent numbers, their valuations might go down the levels more akin to what you pay for companies with inconsistent numbers, which, of course, is considerably less. The cyclicals always get lower multiples. All that said, to sell Procter & Gamble or Walmart because of Monjaro and Wagovi makes very little sense to me because these drugs won't impact their overall volume. Procter's not even a food company, for heaven's sake, while Walmart can just substitute other goods in these aisles. That said, if millions of people go on these drugs and their insurance company covers them, then they're going to save a lot more money on food to be able to spend on other things. Hey, maybe they'll also spend on experiential things. Stocks like Disney or Carnival. So remember, you're going to be able to get an opportunity to buy the non-food stuff stocks that are being sold here, even as you will have to wait before it's safe to buy a PepsiCo or a McDonald's. Again, great companies all. In this market, though, even the chance of a decline brings down the price earnings multiple. So please let this hideous process unfold before you try to bottom fish with any stock in the food space. Man Money's back after the break. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Monday, we got two big breakups. There's the Danaher spinoff of its water quality business as Veralto, which we talked about a couple days ago, one which we own for the Travel Trust. And then there's Kellogg turning into two companies, WK Kellogg for the North American cereal business and Kellanova for snacks. So far, the market hasn't loved either of these moves, especially the Kellogg descendants. Kellanova finished the week down almost 10%. Well, WK Kellogg was off 30%. Yes, you heard me, 30%, not 13, 30. I think the spinoff makes a lot of sense, both from a business perspective and a stock perspective, but I also know the packaged food plays are just hated here. I mean, they are just despised like you wouldn't believe. And that's, of course, in the wake of the powerful anti-obesity drugs that are now on the market. So could this be a buying opportunity, or should we just have to steer clear of the book? First, let me give you the rationale for this breakup, because it's compelling. You can think of Kellogg as splitting into a cereal business and a snack food business. But what really matters is that cereal is basically a no-growth business. While snacks are a growth business, or at least that's how things look when they decide to reorganize in June of 2022. While W.K. Kellogg, the spinoff, this the one, the cereal spinoff, got a nice boost during the pandemic, we're now back to normal. Normal is a world where cereal's in secular decline. Despite its iconic brands and bountiful cash flow, the lack of growth made this division a real drag on the old Kellogg. By the time the breakup arrived, Kellogg was already getting roughly 80% of its sales from snacks anyway. Think Cheez-Its, Pringles, Pop-Tarts, neutral Game Bars, Club Crackers, and many other brands. They've been considering a cereal spinoff for years. Management figured that Kellanova would be able to get a much higher valuation as a pure play on snacks without cereal dragging it down. From 2019 through 2022, Kellogg's snack division delivered a nearly 9% organic compound annual revenue growth. While cereal was just talking only at less than 1%, Kellanova is also keeping the international cereal business, which is doing much better, much better than North American cereal business, along with noodles, frozen foods, and, uh, including egg and waffles. 
Basically, after jettisoning the stagnant North American cereal division, management assumed that the remaining Kelanova would be focused on a bunch of much faster growing categories. And that was a good plan in 2022. But it's looking a lot less enticing in 2023 because snacking is slow. Kelanova is now forecasting 3% revenue growth for the full year and 3.1% to 4.6% revenue growth in 2024. So this is much less of a growth vehicle than we thought it would be just 12 months ago. And that's before we even process the impact of these new weight loss drugs that can make people stop craving snacks, something that we heard from Walmart is already starting to lay on the company. Now, if Kelanova can make its earnings forecast, then it's cheaper than your typical snack stock. It's selling for 14 times next year's numbers. Plus, management's targeting a 50% dividend payout ratio, which is what the old catalog used to promise investors, although it's usually over-delivered. In the end, this thing could yield somewhere between 3.6% and 4% of these levels. I like that, but it's much less attractive here, with the 10-year giving you almost 4.8% risk-free. Very tough competition. All right, now, how about WK Kellogg? This is the more traditional version, okay? Although, obviously, not with this. This is the cereal business has been obliterated over the past few days. What the heck is that about? How can I say... How, how can I say about this one? Man, I don't know. The old Kellogg decided to spin off North American cereal because it was dragging the rest of the company down. They say they, say they can invest in their brands, improve their supply chain, and gradually rack up stable growth and steady market share gains. Throw in some margin expansion, WK Kellogg could generate real earnings growth. It's a possibility. They're targeting a 45% dividend payout uh, ratio initially, but they hope to increase that in the future after they've done with all the new investment that they have to do to breathe some life into this enterprise. On Monday, though, analysts at Goldman Sachs initiated coverage on W.K. Kellogg with a sell, sell, sell rating. And I, you know what? I can't totally blame them. Goldman argued the company's supply chain improvement efforts will be hampered by the fact that they've agreed not to close any manufacturing facilities until 2026. And that was part of a labor negotiation a few years ago. These analysts also think W.K. Kellogg will have to borrow money to make these investments because they see cash flow turning negative pretty quickly. I don't like that. It's not a great recipe for higher stock prices. The only good news with WK Kellogg, the stock's already plummeted from 14 and changed to 10 and changed just this week. Even Goldman's bearish price target was 11 bucks. So maybe the negativity's baked in here, but you know what? With the food group, I wouldn't bet on it. Hey, speaking of the hideous declines in Kellanova and WK Kellogg, I think there are a couple of things going on here. First, the packaged food stocks have been incredibly weak for a few months now. And a lot of that comes down to the relentless rise of interest rates, which makes their dividends much less attractive. This week, Treasury yields skyrocketed, and that made things much worse. Second, like I mentioned earlier, the moment Walmart said they're being hurt a bit by these GLP-1 weight loss drugs, the whole food cohort just started getting rolled. So we started rolling over, I mean, even harder especially the snacking plays. Boy, the journal ran a tough piece yesterday. A few analysts have covered it. Bank of America put out a piece today arguing that total calorie consumption could take a 1% to 3% hit from these things. Remember, when you're slow growth, that's big. Now, I'm a big believer in these drugs, as you know, but at this point, the food stocks have come down so much. I got to wonder, maybe some of the worries are overblown. Doesn't matter, though, does it? Tons of investors have suddenly realized these drugs are a problem for the packaged food cohort. And those worries have become an albatross around the whole industry's neck. People are indeed shooting first and asking questions later. But you know what? I kind of agree with that strategy. I can't tell you in good conscience to step in front of a freight train of selling. All aboard! Because I, too, don't know how this situation is really going to play out. 
However, I'm betting that these GOP-1 weight loss drugs will be much bigger than anybody expects. And that's why we have a huge position, Eli Lilly, for the charitable trust. Plus, I can't tell you when interest rates are going to stop going up. But as long as they remain in this elevated, far fewer people will want to buy dividend stocks. You really got to stick your neck out to buy W, uh, to buy Kelanova or WK Kellogg at these levels. And I don't think they're giving you much reason to take that risk. Here's what I will say. Whenever the smoke clears and it's safe or at least safer to invest in the packaged food plays again, I'd be more, much more inclined to buy the snacking focused Kelanova over the WK Kellogg because cereal seems like a dead end to me. At this point, I think Kelanova's got much better brands. No offense to Tony the Tiger, who's great. Bottom line, Looking back at these weeks of big breakups, you, you got my bus, you know, by both Dana, her, and the water quality company, Veralto. But as for WK Kellogg and Kelanova, the best I can say is you should sit these ones out. Maybe someday Kelanova will be worth circling back to. But in a world where snack food stocks have gotten the cold shoulder, I don't think we're there yet. Let's take calls. Let's go to Jeffrey in New York. Jeffrey. Hi, Jim. It's Jeffrey calling from Brooklyn, New York. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, of course, neighbor. What's happening? I purchased 25 shares of J.M. Smuckers at 131 per share, and thereafter the stock has virtually hit a 52-week low every single day for the past few weeks, including today. Should I buy more, just hold the position, or sell the position? And if I should buy more... At what price? No, I can't count as buying it. Uh, it is down 27%. And the reason I can is because they, people are now going to see that they paid too much for Hostess. That's just going to be the prevailing wisdom of Wall Street. So, therefore, I think on a bounce, you might want to lighten up. All right, looking back at this week's big breakups, you've got my bus, you know, by Danner, and it's been on Peralta. We own them both for the trust. But as for WK Kellogg and Kelanova, I'd sit those two out. Mad Money is back after the break. Coming up. Kramer did the homework. And now it's time for extra credit. Radnet joins the show with a sharper image of their future. Next. Months ago, we got a question about Radnet, a diagnostic imaging company that's using artificial intelligence for enhanced breast cancer screenings, among many other things. I circled back and recommended buying on a pullback, which is exactly what we've gotten since the stock peaked in late July. It's pretty interesting here. A very exciting story, especially since October, obviously, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and that's something we support with everything we do here. So let's take a close look with Dr. Howard Berger. He's the co-founder, chairman, president, and CEO of Radnet. You get a better read on the situation. Dr. Berger, welcome to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. Thanks we, for having me. Of course. Now, we pride ourselves on having some of the smartest viewers in the world. Rich in California asked us about this. And when we went to start looking, we see, we see CAT scans, mammograms, PET scans, x-rays. And most importantly, we see a way to save the system money while also doing better for the patient. Is that the right story? I think it is the right story. I think it has been for a long time. What's changing today is really the role of artificial intelligence to enhance detection of diseases early. And whether that disease is cancer, cardiovascular, or perhaps other chronic diseases, uh, imaging will play a pivotal role in what we call population health. Because it's, it'll all be about diagnosing it earlier, reducing morbidity and mortality, and saving the system substantial amounts. Well, well let's talk about, let's say prostate cancer. Uh, that always had been the standard care was to do a biopsy of which people get infected and people have died from. Uh, but you can actually do much better with one of your machines. 
uh, well, not only with the machine, uh, the MRI in particular, and the newer MRIs are able to do the sequence for doing these without contrast and in a shorter period of time. And then layering enhancement with artificial intelligence could be a game changer in terms of early diagnosis added to other diagnostic tests which have been used for quite some time like PSA and which are not specific, but we can get right to the disease itself and enhance the radiologist's capability by giving artificial intelligence uh, applications to this. Well, I wonder whether you'll be able to do that for, we follow these uh, uh, drugs for Alzheimer's. Now we know that they're been approved, one's been approved. Uh, very tricky to see who's gonna be able to get them, who's not. But if we use one of the machines, maybe we can see who's got some of the characteristics, then run it through AI and see whether that means someone might be a candidate for one of these drugs. Not only be a candidate for it, but also uh, monitor them through the process of getting uh, the drugs, for example, the new FDA-approved one called Lakembi, uh, and make certain that some of the side effects which are caused by these drugs in a small portion of the patients, brain uh, changes are seen early. And we can do that both with the MRI and then improve even that with artificial intelligence. That's great. Now, we are, are my Chapel Trust has a very big position in GE Health. You, you've got more than, you have 363 centers. Uh, if you use GE Healthcare, that would make me feel better about the position itself. Uh, do you find their uh, hardware uh, 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 good, good enough to own? For certain. We're probably the largest customer that GE has, uh, although we use all of the other uh, OEMs, uh, Siemens, Philips, uh, but I've been a big fan of GE's for since I started the company, and uh, they continue to evolve and I think the fact that they got spun off from the mothership uh, earlier this year has definitely been a benefit, not only for GE, but really for the innovation, which I think they're now uh, freer to do and which will uh, accelerate some of the changes in the technology. Well, that's great, because if you're the one of the largest, then I know that we're on the right track because you're in the business. Now, you've got a, a huge number of centers. You're in certain, uh, certain states, which is very clear that you got critical mass to be able to work with certain organizations. But what I thought was uh, incredibly interesting is, is that when you have these done in a hospital, they can be much more expensive than when you do that, which is incredible. How does that work? Well, I think that's part of the legacy that we're all living with, is that some of this equipment started in hospitals and has only over the last, let's say 20 years, begin to gravitate to the outpatient space, which is the area that we are in. We, we don't operate inside of hospitals, although we have joint ventures with some of the largest health systems in the country, Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, University of Maryland Medical System, RWJ Barnabas right here in uh, New Jersey. And as the, as the payors and patients for that matter, become a little bit more aware that these capabilities are available in the outpatient sector at probably one-fifth of the cost that they might otherwise pay in the hospitals and in a more comfortable environment. Uh, there's more uh, of a progressive and a uh, active effort to move that business out of the hospital settings where they bill at higher rates. We're taking advantage of that 
and with the hospital joint venture. About a third of our centers are joint ventured with health systems, and we expect that to grow. And part of that is because they realize, meaning the health systems, that that business is going to continue to flow out of the hospitals into the more affordable and convenient facilities like we own. And so they want to be part of that transition and leave themselves doing the work of a hospital, which is really for acute care medicine. Okay, now you have a number of centers. Most of the ones I know are owned by moms and pops, so to speak. I imagine you can buy them and and rationalize them, make them better, and become, you probably double the size of your operation. Yes, we could. I think uh, doubling it uh, is a challenge, Uh, not so much because the opportunities aren't there, but because of uh, labor issues and whatnot, uh, and having to scale up. And what we're working on, which I think is going to help us immeasurably, are artificial tools to make the whole uh, experience by the patients similar to what they might be doing by going into uh, finding appointments for hotels or for restaurants. Something that can be be done with uh, more accuracy and less human interaction. That along with tools like we're trying to embed in the equipment itself to shorten scan times and make the outcomes more um, reliable and actionable, particularly for earlier diagnosis. That's that's, that's the, key. the key. Well, look, I think that our viewers are right. This is an incredibly interesting company. It's come down a little, and it might be the right place to be able to get involved. That's Howard Berger. He's the co-founder, chairman, president, and CEO of Radnet. Dr. Berger, thank you so much for coming on Mad Money. Thank you, Jim, Nice for to meet you. Me. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls, and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. It is time. It's up for the lightning round. Kramer, everybody's smart. Mark Kramer, Glover, Sandler, just gonna buy you a plate of and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Here's what's up with Herb in California. Herb. Hello. Thank you, first-time caller. Uh, Excellent. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. My uh, question is about Blackstone Mortgage Trust. Um, Wait, I am tempted to say yes because I like Blackstone, but the problem is I don't know what's in the trust. So, therefore, it's too much of a black box for me, so I'm not going to go for it. Let's go to Tammy in Montana. Tammy. Hey, Booyah, Jim. This is Tammy. And hi. I would like to know what your thoughts are on the stock RUN, Sunrun. I've had it for a while. I've lost a lot of money in it. And... Well, you know, the solar stocks are tricky, and I'm not recommending any stocks on have money of companies that are losing money. It's just too hard these days. Let's go to Randy in Alaska. Randy. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah back. Hey. Well, beyond that, what's going on? Extra space. Oh, We're extra space. That, uh, no, no. If I'm going to be there, I'm going to be in PSA. PSA is the better of those two. Let's go to Bradley in Ohio. Bradley. Hey, Jim, a big Cleveland Browns. Booyah. Hey, a great D, Booyah. You just need a better running back, Booyah. What's up? Booyah. Booyah hey, Ford. Hey, I, 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 booyah cut uh, Hunt last week. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's all right. Can we back up the truck to Fifth Third Bank? No, we can't. I mean, as good as Fifth Third is, we can't. 
And the reason we can't is because the regional banks are about to report, and I don't think the numbers are going to go up. I think the numbers are going to go down, so therefore it won't work. Let's go to Mike. Fine, bank. Let's go to Michael in North Carolina. Michael! Booyah, Jim. Thank Booyah. Thank you all the hard labor you put in for us home gamers making us money. Yes. Okay, Dominion Energy, what has happened to that stock? Oh, my. You know, look, it's not that well run to begin with, and they did this kind of, they did this really hard to understand deal. I am concerned about the dividends, so I'm going to take a hard pass on Dominion. How about Sean in Pennsylvania? Sean. Hey, Kramer, big booyah. Go birds. Go birds. What's happening? Hey, man, uh, wondering if you can look in the FMC for I know FMC well. Remember the, the big red letters on top of the building in the center city? No, it's a great ag play. It really is. And I think that it's one of those feed the world plays that right now is out of step with the market. But we're always going to have to feed the world. I like FMC. Let's go to Steven in New York. Steven. Yes. How are you, Mr. Kramer? What's happening? Okay. Um, just want to get an opinion. Uh, BPPLC, buy, sell, or hold. No, I don't want you in BP. I, I just don't want you. I like the independence and the permian. That's the way to go. Now I'm going to Jeff in New York. Jeff! New Jersey, I'm hey, sorry, Jim. Jeff. What do you think about Paramount? With these oh, my prices? God. I was going over with Jeff Marks today. He works with me, obviously, with the uh, for the investing club. And we were both shuddering about that balance sheet. That is the balance sheet from Hades, my friend. And we're not going to go with it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by Charles Schwab. Coming up, survive the unknowns, thrive in any market. Kramer invites you to the Game of Games. Play Am I Diversified? Next. September wreaked havoc on the markets. And so far, other than today, October really hasn't been that much better. In times like these, investors can tend to they panic. They just panic, which I view as a cardinal sin when it comes to investing. I think if you have a diversified portfolio, you can weather any of the market's down days or it's down months. That's why we play Am I Diversified around here. This is where you call in, you tell me your top five holdings, I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough, or maybe you need to mix it up a little. Why don't we start with Jeff in Idaho? Jeff! Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Thank you for taking my call. Of course, Jeff. Thank you for calling. What's up? You bet, buddy. Hey, I have my five stocks are UNP, Boeing, BA, McDonald's, MCD, uh, T, AT&T, and Wells Fargo, WFC. Okay, let's go to work on this excellent group of stocks. Uh, Wells Fargo, by the way, reports on Friday. Union Pacific is a crackerjack transport. I like that. Boeing, aerospace, excellent. McDonald's getting hurt a little by the GLP dust ones, you know, but uh, fast food. Wells, ex- big uh, position we have for uh, the Chapel Trust and ATT. I don't like the dividend or the balance sheet there, but it's telco, it's bank, it's fast food, it's aerospace, it's transport, and it's perfect, even though I wouldn't necessarily select the ATT. Let's go to another. Let's go to Bill in Mass. Massachusetts. Bill! Hi, Hi Jim. This is Bill. Bill. Uh, I, I'm on to... Am I diversified here? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're playing. Okay, uh, you want my, my stocks? Yeah, sure. I would give me... Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Take, get your stocks. Uh, I've, been a, I've been a club member for uh, the last two years, having Excellent. a great time. Oh, thank uh, you. Big meeting this Wednesday, 12 o'clock. I'm counting on you. 
Beautiful. I'll be there. I'll be there. Excellent. Uh, my biggest holding, my favorite holding for the last 24 months has been NVIDIA. Great company. Yes. yes. Kind of great. That's my tech play. Then I, my second is GE Healthcare. My third is Eli Lilly. Then Amazon. And then Pioneer. Holy cow. I mean, you are just cooking with propane there, sir. GE Healthcare. These are all actually. Oh, travel trust. Now, here's what's important. Just here's what's important. Important. Of these, the only one that is really down is GE Healthcare, and that's the one I want to be bought right now. So take that away, because the other ones have all moved a lot. Eli Lilly, we know, is the premier drug company. We know that for the weight loss drugs and diabetes. Amazon is one of our largest positions. We've owned it forever. Pioneer, we are hoping for some good news maybe this weekend. You don't know. Uh, NVIDIA, well, what can I say? Own it, don't trade it. And then GE Healthcare is the only one at the level I'm telling people to buy it right now. So we have a drug company. We got a retailer slash tech company. We got a healthcare. We have um, generative AI. And then we have oil. Uh, apparently in the sights of Exxon. Again, excellent diversification. I love it. I just love it. Why don't we go to Phil in Michigan? Phil. Wow, big guy. What do you got for me? Well, a huge thanks to you. I'm just CNBC Investment Club member for guiding me to an outsized 20% return over the past two years when all the indexes are down or flat. There you go. And don't forget NVIDIA. Own it. Don't trade it. A shout-out to uh, CNBC Investing Club team, Jeff, Dev, and the rest of your club team and production crew. Thank you. The team is unbelievable. Chef Jeff is what we call him because he mixes it up so well. How can I help? Well, my, my top five stocks are, starting at the largest holding, Palo Alto Networks. That's one. Ty Lilly, Ford. Yeah. Campbell. Yeah. Bank. I missed that last one. Anybody got that? Huntington Bank. Huntington Bank. H-Pan, I know that one. Sure, let's go to work here. Um, okay, so Palo Alto Network soared today because of all the hacks. That's cybersecurity. Um, Eli Lilly, well, we know about the GLP-1s. Proctor, get hurt today because it's been hurt because of the GLP-1, which is silly. It doesn't even make food. Uh, Ford, uh, kind of UAW there. Um, and Huntington Bank, and the, the regional banks are horrendous, but uh, this happens to be a well-run bank. A bank, an auto company, a, uh, let's call it a consumer packaged goods company, a cybersecurity company, and a drug company. Once again, I am blessing this. I'm blessing this. And you know what? We have time for, we, do we have time for Greg in Texas? Greg. Booyah, my brother. Booyah. I've got, yeah, I got uh, Exxon. Delta Airlines, DraftKings, Freeport McMoran, SMCI. Am I diversified? Wow. Okay, I missed the third one. What was the third one? Um. Uh, They're right there. Oh. Okay. Okay. DraftKings. DraftKings. Got it. Okay. Let's go to work here. Okay. DraftKings. Jason Robin doing a terrific job. Let's call that gaming. All right. Freeport, uh, our, our largest copper company in the country. Exxon Mobil, the big dog. We know them. Although Chevron's bigger. Uh, Delta. They report next week, and we think they're terrific and a little technology here. We have tech. We have uh, let's call it minerals. Uh, we've got gaming. We've got oil and gas, and we've got airlines again. Everyone passed. Everyone passed. Maybe I'm making it too easy. Let's go to Franco. Maybe we can tighten it up a little. Franco in New York. Franco. Uh, hello, sir. How are you? I am good, Chief. What's happening? Good. Hey, uh, here are my stocks, sir. I have Gold uh, Gold Derrick. 
uh, Charles Schwab, um, Kellogg, uh, Ralph Lauren, and PepsiCo. Am I diversified? Okay. Um, let me see. Well, PepsiCo got hit this year. We know that because the Frito-Lay part, really, it doesn't, you know, with the Bugovi. Uh, uh, Ralph Lauren, which my, my favorite apparel stock, doesn't seem to be doing that much. Charles Schwab at 51 today. That seems too cheap to me. He was looking it over with Jeff Marks for the even for the trust. We were debating Kellanova is the snack spinoff of Kellogg, where Kellogg is the, is the spinoff of the snack business, depending on how you peer, fear, peer. And then um, Barrick, which is gold. So we have minerals. We've got snacks. We've got finance. We've got apparel. Uh-oh, problem. We got snacks and PepsiCo, too. Frito-Lay. I knew that somebody would have a problem. We have to make a change here. We're going to get rid of Kellanova. And why don't we add, since everybody was talking about it, Eli Lilly. And then we'll be done. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. And I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.